I'm Cliff Tour, and this is Tales from the Cube, a podcast about working in the call center industry. The good, the bad, the funny, and not so funny about life working in the call center industry. Hello and welcome to another episode. Well, in this episode of Tales from the Cube, we're going to talk about call center terms. Just about any industry that you work in uses terms, uses slang language, if you will, uh, to describe the activities that they're going to be doing, and the call center industry is no different. And I'm going to describe some of those things for you to give you an idea of some of the things that um, we use, some of the lingo in a call center that you will hear on a day-to-day basis and uh, may have already heard if you're working in a call center. Uh, some of it is quite bewildering at first, but once you get an idea of what it is, you'll understand how the call uh, basically is, is, is monitored. Now, I did find a website here, VCC Live, and they have call center uh, terminologies. So I'm going to look at those and I'll tell you some of the, the most common ones that we have, or I'll tell you about the most common ones that are out there so that you can get um, an idea and I'll link to the article so that you can actually see it Uh, and basically there are 50 that are described here I'm going to basically find the most common ones that uh, are there that I will uh, basically reiterate because not every one of them is heard but they are used Uh, one of the most um, notable is the abandoned call uh, so what is an abandoned call? Well, simply it means that when a customer calls us and they start to listen to the IVR, they might say, I'm not not interested in waiting for a lot of time. I'm not interested in uh, doing this right now, so I'm going to hang up. That happens before the call even gets distributed to an agent. So what happens here is they call, they wait maybe a minute or two. I've done it myself. And it's like, this is going to be too long. I don't have the time today. So, boom, out I go. Uh, So I hang up, and that call becomes abandoned. It gets registered, but it becomes abandoned. So essentially, that's what's happening here. Um, So um, if, you know, it's too long for for you, and you're sitting there, and you're thinking, "Mm, I don't really want to talk to the person, uh, that's fine. You can do that, just so you know, as a customer, when you do that, uh, and you call back, you go right back to the bottom of the queue. <laughs> because you've abandoned your call, you're calling back in, you go right back to the bottom of the queue. So, and by the way, what is a queue? Well, queue basically, uh, whenever you call in and you uh, select in the IVR different um, things, like I want to talk about billing, I want to talk about technical support, I want to talk about buying a product, um, you're going to get pushed into what's known as a queue. And agents, are skilled in the particular thing that they are going to be doing. I'm multi-skilled, for example. I handle a lot of different lines. So essentially, I can get a call about a router, and then in the next call I can get a billing issue, and the next call I can get um, somebody calling me that needs to speak to another department. I multitask. Uh, an ECP, well, you might hear this term, um, it's an automated call distribution system. And this basically is um, a facility that manages and forwards inbound calls to the appropriate agent based on um, uh, preset handling instructions. ACD is one of the key features um, 
that are in call centers. So basically it distributes where the call's gonna go. So it's uh, like a switch. So the ACD basically looks and says, okay, customer's doing this, customer's doing that. As I mentioned before, when they call in and or when you call in as a customer, you press one, two, or three, you're gonna get routed by the ACD, by the, uh, the automatic call distributor to the, the most closest queue and then eventually you'll be drilled down into an agent so it's like coming into um, uh, if you will I, I guess the best way to describe it is different different little shoots and then you go in and you finally get into for, into where you need to go or like when you go into um, a hospital or to a um, a place where you have to go and do something you might have to go into line a for one thing and line b for another and so on it's the same principle uh, that you're having here but this is on the phone so you're going to line a or line b or line c uh, after work or acw that's a pretty um, well-known one after call work basically means that uh, the call is done the cycle is finished in the call and the customer you have hung up as a customer uh, and we as the advisor or agent are looking at finishing up our admin work so we're writing a note to the case or a note to the file, or we're uh, dispositioning the calls, particularly if we're in telemarketing. We're saying sale, no sale, call back, don't call back, add to this list, do this thing, and so on. Uh, so this is done. And usually we try to uh, do this within a minute. Um, so for example, in my particular campaign, I'm allowed up to two minutes. Uh, but generally speaking, I try to keep it down to one. Anything higher is really not good, as you want to basically uh, not have that. The average talk time. Now, this is a very interesting uh, thing, because there's also something known as um, uh, not average talk time, average handle time. Well, we're going to talk about average talk time in a moment. But average handle time is different from average talk time. The average handle time shows the average time the person spends in a call-related activity, including the conversation, whole time, and any other call activities. So basically it's the, the actual handling time that is going on in a call. So how we handled it, what we did inside the call, this is the handling of it. Um, and a call really works like this. When you, when you call in, I'm sure you've noticed, one of the first things you'll hear, for example, if you call up, um, I don't know, a bank, the bank uh, advisor might say, Hey, welcome to ABC Trust Company. Um, let's see if we can make your day really great today. What can I do to help you? That's the preamble of the call. Uh, the next thing is the probing um, section where we probe for information. We're looking to find out what's happening uh, or you know, we want to gauge what, um, what the call is about. So I understand, um, Mr. So-and-so, that you're calling about this uh, or that. Um, all right. I'd like to get some information here regarding what you're looking for and of course I have for verification I want to basically um, confirm the account details so we're going into those two parts as part of the probing part of the setup of the call and uh, away we go so to speak we're, we're probing for what's going on we're, we're figuring out what we need to do and we forget we want to figure out who the customer is so that's a pretty important thing uh, in certain companies like Bell Canada they actually do something known as the cone of sales. So we start from the, the wide and go right down to the very 
tip of the triangle so it's an upside down triangle uh, that uh, that is seen and the cone of sales when we do it we d I don't do it anymore but when we do it it basically starts from this preamble and you go in the probe and you you go through all kinds of steps basically to you get to the end where it's the sale so that's you know the body of the call now in, when in the body of the call uh, we're we're trying to basically do one of uh, several things we're either troubleshooting fixing a billing problem or we're doing something uh, uh, like you know doing a sale so that's the body of the call the work the actual stuff we're doing and at the same time we should be doing something known as uh, typing and talking so TT and basically what happens there is we're just going okay we're listening to the customer we're listening to you as the customer we're going okay we're not writing down what you say for the most part um, <clears throat> with some exceptions there's something in a case note uh, and this is another thing to another term you might have heard and it's not on this blog that I'm talking about and also quoting a little bit from um, there's something known as a DROC note so if you say something nasty to uh, an advisor it will get locked and it cannot be undone for a period of time because of laws in Canada and the United States and the reason for that is because a lot of times we're dealing with money so because of that there has to be uh, a, a book if you will uh, money that basically might be spent has to be uh, explained um, so every account has a value so because of that we have to actually log it and once it's in there it cannot be erased out it has to stay on the record for a number of, of uh, years so uh, a bit of advice particularly for advisors and, and people who are working in the industry one of the things you want to do when you do what's known as a DROG note um, you want to make it very very general so the customer was using foul language during the call customer uh, was upset and um, used profane language during the call the customer um, uh, you know made uh, assertions and possibly also uh, made some threats during the call the reason for this is because um, tapes might only be kept for a certain period of time right uh, there is recordings and you'll notice when you call in uh, as a customer you're going to be told hey this call might be monitored for training and quality purposes that's true it is a thing now you can opt out um, one of the most important things you want to understand though is if you don't opt out that call is recorded it's kept for a little bit of time and then it's busted out so in the case note uh, you want to make sure as an advisor or an agent uh, or a telemarketer or whomever that whatever note you write is clean there should be no foul language there should be nothing there that if you have a you know, derogatory note to put uh, it should be very professional in language so that um, uh, you know you're not harming the customer and you're not harming yourself in the company in one instance say uh, years ago when I worked for a company called PC Mall in Montreal I actually came across a case that had a DROG note that had some very unpleasant things about the customer in it I had to basically inform the uh, advisors team lead hey this is not procedure uh, you need to talk to them and uh, you know and sure enough that's exactly I heard them even being spoken to it's like you cannot put that kind of thing in a, in a, in a case note we can get in trouble for that and it's so true you can actually get into trouble because um, <clears throat> 
customers should know that yes, if you really want the case notes, you can get them. It's a process and it may involve even a court uh, uh, request to get them. So it's important that um, as an advisor, you do not do anything in a case note that basically will cause the company, yourself, um, and of course the customer grief. So just don't do it. Um, so just to give you, going back to the average handle time, it's basically talk time plus hold time plus um, the after work or after call. Uh, and that's the total number of uh, handle calls uh, equals that AHT. So if I do 10 calls, basically those things are factored in and calculated and I get my AHT. Average talk time, um, <clears throat> let's see here, average talk time uh, according to this VCC live log is the average value time spent by an agent talking with customers in a given period of time. It is calculated by using the following formula total time spent in a call all handled calls ATT. So it's the total time. It doesn't account for the other things. It's not the average. It's the actual how long I was on the call. Um, and basically for that particular call. So, and of course, all the other calls that come along with it. So there's the average handle time, and then there's the average talk time, and they are different because it's measuring two different things. Um, it's a little complicated, a lot of math involved, a lot of science. Another thing you'll hear in the industry is something known as aux, auxiliary time, or aux. Uh, auxes are uh, definitely used. I use them all the time. I have a bunch of them that I can go into if uh, need be, and then I have to ask permission for a couple of them. And um, I, in one particular ox, I have to go and get permission for it. I just kind of shake my head because it's like, this should be a no-brainer. I should be able to do this, but eh, that's what the boss wants. Okay. Uh, ox time is the time that um, we spend in what's known as an unavailable state. Um, and in a lot of cases, uh, the auxes that are used outside of available are non-billable, meaning we can't bill the, the client for it. We still got to pay for the work, but the client does not get billed for the usage. So essentially what you need to know is that uh, if you're going into an aux, you need to be uh, uh, doing it with a good reason, and you need to, in certain cases, get permissions to go into the aux, because the bottom line is you're costing the company money. So when I go into an aux, when I'm asking for permission, I'm saying, it's, a, it's it okay for me to do something that doesn't cost the company or doesn't cost the client money? And the company has to say yes or no. Um, or in this case, it's my boss that's going to say yes or no. They say no, I can't do it. So basically, I have to find an, uh, another aux that I could possibly use to do what I need to do. And usually, and hopefully, if I'm still in the ACW, I'm going to do it there, as opposed to doing it in another aux. Um, <clears throat> it's important and it's understandable. And then there, there are auxes that are billable, uh, training auxes and so on. And um, so, for for you who's calling a, a call center, you might find it uh, at one point in the day it's a little bit uh, longer uh, a wait. And the reason is that even though that call center might be staffed with a lot of people, there are some call centers that basically will say to a group of agents, "Go into this aux." and do this particular thing, or read this particular document, or do this kind of training. So they're in the aux, and basically, they're not taking calls. So that happens too. So there's there's that time that um, 
is, is also built in. Uh, Bell Canada, for example, has something, actually it's more at the top, it's not even in the, uh, the, the flow of the workday. It's called read time. It is part of our duty. We log in, but we go into what's known as read time. Um, or we went into read time. And basically, uh, you're reading whatever emergency flashes and notes and bulletins, and then you go in and you, you start your day, you do your calls. But you're still actually locked into the system. You're just not taking calls. So that's an aux. And basically, it's important to understand that... Um, you want to choose the right one, and you also want to make sure that you're not doing anything that's, um, that's inappropriate. Um, <clears throat> call blending. Uh, inbound and outbound. Like I said, multitasking. Um, blended uh, agents or multitask agents um, are agents that are doing in and out. And that's what I do. I'm making calls. I am also going forward and taking calls. And I also take escalated calls. So actually, I do three. And the escalated call basically is what's known as an internal uh, call to me from another advisor. And basically they're saying, hey, blah, 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 blah. And I go, okay, no problem. You do this. Or I might just say, cool, I'm taking over. And basically that call gets handled by me. So that's basically how uh, I work. So I'm, And then in the next moment, I might look and I might see, oh, okay, I need to call... Um, I need to call Joey back because Joey had a problem with his uh, with his computer. So I'm going to call him back and I'm going to basically work with him uh, right now because I said I would call him at this time. I'm going to, you know, go into my outbound boxes and out I go and do make the outbound call. Um, so that's that's another thing. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm what's known as a blinded agent. Um, well, let's see what else here. Callbacks, I would think pretty much straightforward. You're calling back the customer. You might do it in a setup um, form uh, of a, uh, a specified time, or you might um, have the, the, the dialer do it, uh, particularly in telemarketing. You might set up a call time, and you might not be the one that's calling them back, but another advisor will be, another agent uh, will be, or another a sales representative will be calling them back. Um, so it's kind of important to understand that um, callbacks are done. Uh, it's um, pretty straightforward. Uh, let's see what other things here that we can talk about. Ah, yes, the CRM, uh, known as the Customer Relationship Management Tool. A CRM um, essentially is um, a tool that allows us to go forward and actually um, manage the customer uh, interaction. So when you call as a customer and you're speaking with us, um, we might be going into what's known as our CRM and we're blogging the case. We're doing this, so we're dispositioning the call. Now, a lot of times I get people who will say to me, well, why are you asking me these questions? I just want to do X, Y, Z. And I'll simply say, well, because we want to get a better understanding of your device or your your problems. So we need to know what, a little bit about what what is to, that you're product does or is is not doing in this case so we need to ask some questions we want to also know is everything up to date on the, on the product and uh, you know particularly with technology there's firmware software updates that need to be done so we want to make sure that these are things that are done so it's important to uh, to go forward and, and do that or in other instances you might be um, uh, talking about uh, positioning uh, with respect to 
what size are you? Uh, are you a tall person? Are you a short person? Um, do you weigh X amount of pounds? What's your dress size? Um, or, okay, how many computers do you have? Do you need software for? Or how many, um, all right, or how many, um, uh, how many of XYZ tools do you need for your, you know, your trucking company to basically work on your trucks? Do you need so many kits uh, put together for your tools and stuff like that? So we want to know all this stuff before we do anything, whether it's sale, technical uh, support, or other things. Uh, telemarketing is the same sort of thing. Okay, what kind of, uh, uh, like if we're doing carpet cleaning, is it a shiny carpet? Is it a, you know, is it an older carpet, newer carpet? Uh, what kind of house do you uh, uh, live in? Is it an apartment? Uh, so on and so forth. So basically the CRM tool puts the, uh, that information uh, together and builds the customer profile so that we know who we're talking with and what's going on and how we are to manage the call. Um, Dispositioning a call is simply um, logging what was done at the end of the call. Was it a sale? Was it a callback? Uh, did we get the issue resolved? Um, Etc. And what type of issue was it? What type of device? If we're talking about devices, uh, what type of thing was sold? This this is a disposition. Every call gets disposition. Uh, FCR first call resolution. We want that so much. Um, FCR is a very, very important part. Um, it is an important efficiency that we want to get in because if we resolve, we sell, we um, promote, we do whatever, and we get the result that we're looking for, the client is looking for on the first hop, great. Because basically now one of two things is going to happen. The customer is going to continue to buy from us or use our service on a regular basis, or never contact us back again. And I'll be perfectly honest with you, I prefer when I see cases and I'm looking maybe at, you know, tops 40 or 50 cases over a lifespan of customer intera interaction with uh, the client that we work with. When I see three or 400 cases on, on the client's um, uh, profile, there's something wrong. Either we're not getting that first call resolution done, or what's happening here is that they're calling back for things that are just not uh, doable or reasonable, and it's, it gets really, really, really crazy. It's just not not something that we want. Um, so we want to try and get first call resolution as much as possible so that we avoid and have low case uh, count for each profile and high uh, satisfaction for the customer. Um, Let's see here, what else have we got here? That could be, yep, interactive voice response or IVRs. I've mentioned them already. What are they? They're the, um, the, the little place that you go to when you first call. Some people call it hell. Uh, I've actually been in places uh, on phones where it's like, oh my God, this IVR is horrible. Um, the music's bad and the IVR is not set up correctly. Um, Essentially, an IVR is a, um, a tree of numbers, and basically they route to us. That's where the routing begins of the call. So you press one, you press two, you press three, or whatever number, and you are going to be given more options until you get to where you want to be. That's what it is. It's a, a tree that is big, big and goes down. It's almost like that cone of sales. 
So it starts with one thing and it goes right down into a whole bunch of other little things until you get where you need to be. Often, uh, one of the fastest ways to get somebody is just press zero. Doesn't always work, but you can do that as a customer and it will work, you'll get somebody. But in the IVR basically is just a tree of numbers that puts you in a different um, routing into different lines, as I mentioned before, so that you can get to the right place and get the right expert to work with you. That's what it does. KPIs are performance indicators. Um, they are uh, things like I was talking about, ACW, aux time, average handle time, ATT, uh, efficiency, um, customer satisfaction, if you're doing uh, programs that have that. These are indicators that are all looked at. One thing as a person who might be going into the call center industry should know, um, and you as a customer should know, everything is measured. Everything is measured. There's no such thing as not having a measurement for anything. Um, sometimes it can be brutal for this uh, purpose, though so I say that um, because of the fact that if your your KPIs are not that great, it can be a real problem. In fact, I'm, I'll be very honest, there's one particular KPI I'm looking at that is just messing me up because there's a total that I look at that gives me a score and I can't seem to get out of this thing. It's just a monster. I don't know what to do about it other than follow the path and do what management's asking me to do and, and the different types of trainings and that that I can get in under my belt so I can get through it. Um, but it's just that I, the devil, uh, if you will, is in the fact that um, it just, uh, there's one th part that, that basically comes in that knocks everything off, off balance, and it just drives me nuts. But anyways, uh, speaking away from that, I'll be actually addressing that uh, in possibly another episode because I'm going to be talking about what it is that's doing it, uh, and that's customer satisfaction surveys. I will be doing that. It's probably going to be my next um, podcast. It's going to be about uh, customer satisfaction surveys and so on and so forth. So KPI uh, is basically indicating it's the stats, it's the things that really manage, uh, manage what we do in a day and how we're performing. And it, it, um, it's important because it can uh, lead to promotion or demotion, if you will, or even bye-bye, you're exited. If you're not meeting the KPIs, you'll be, you'll be asked to leave the program and uh, the company. Uh, so it's important to, to manage that. It's important to look at those stats and take it seriously and do what you need to do. And as a customer, uh, you need to know that you actually do affect KPI, particularly when you're uh, doing things like surveys. Yeah, you do affect us and what you say and what you do. So it's important to, to think before you do. And again, I'll be talking about that possibly also in the next episode. Manual dialers, um, see here. Well, basically, <laughs> manual dialers. Uh, what can I say about them? Essentially, um, it's a, a manual dialer, it's a phone. Um, or sometimes you're dialing into a, a hard phone and you're selecting different codes and you're dialing out. Um, the way it's written here in this particular um, blog, manual dialers uh, require agents once they are ready to make a call to manually choose uh, records and dial phone numbers. This type of dialer gives agents time to prepare for the conversation and allows them to get acquainted with a customer's case and details. Um, 
it's a lower efficiency they're talking about and so on and so forth but basically what it is is yeah it's literally you can pick uh, at a case you can look at it you can do things and I've done manual dialers I mainly really what a manual dialer is, is simply uh, a cheap call center um, a lot of these are rogue or illegal call centers that just use a phone they pick up the phone they have a phone book here's your your list it's your phone book and you call people and you do stuff um, hate them don't care but when I go into a call center if you have a that kind of setup <laughs> bye <laughs> not dealing with you come on be professional get a dialer um, and you know set it up properly so that we can you know do our jobs properly me looking through cards and stuff like that and phone books I don't do that anymore I've, I've never been in sales uh, since uh, the 2000s I haven't done much in the way of sales and I don't work in call centers that don't have technology the idea of me picking up literally picking up a phone and looking at cards or a phone book <laughs> no <laughs> not gonna happen but that's a manual dialer it's straight, straight simple uh, let's see here Ah, the PBX. Yeah, that's something that's interesting. A private branch exchange. Um, there's a lot of times when I get... Uh, uh, this is something interesting. I get a customer who will say to me, Well, it looks like you're calling from XYZ. Well, no, I've, uh, actually I'm calling from Canada. Uh, or, oh, you must be in you know, California. Or you must be in Texas. Or you must be in New York. Or you must be in in uh, uh, in Alberta or Quebec or whatever and it's just like no I'm actually in this place and they might be seeing an exchange uh, phone number that shows in different uh, location that's a PBX it's a telephone system that switches calls between um, users and it basically is based in another location it's a centralized system uh, and there might be several call centers that use different PBXs for the same campaign but there are different locations require a different PBX, and basically all it is is a big switch. Um, let's see here. Well, power dialers? I've never heard of that one, but basically it's just a really uh, amped up dialer, I guess. Um, predictive dialers? There's, uh, yeah, there's um, another thing that just basically uh, that works on the basis of dialing more calls than the number of the agents that are in the project yeah essentially what you're doing is you're building a list you put that list in there and you run it um, it basically um, kills off um, dead numbers and such it's more like um, scrubbing a list that's what you use a predictive dialer for um, it will go through and just kill everything off uh, and find only the good ones um, hopefully and then you can call and, and work them so it's really a great way to get rid of um, a list that has about a bunch of uh, uh, phone numbers that are no longer in use or you know wrong numbers and things like that that's that's what happens there so they might use a PD uh, for that or a predictive dialer PPD as it's sometimes called um, to to do that there's also the power dialer as I mentioned uh, briefly power dialers are automatic dialers that works on the basis of initiating as many calls as there are free agents yeah that's a pretty standard it's basically that's true of all dialers they're all power dialers when you're dealing tele dealing with a telemarketing element it's basically a power dialer that you're on and you're just blasting out numbers hundreds of them to get um, agents um, in front of people and trying to sell things um, 
uh, opting out. Um, so there's another disposition that uh, basically says that uh, the customer's opted out. Um, they don't want any calls. That's in the telemarketing realm. Uh, there are certain organizations that are exempt from that. I believe newspapers is one of them, political parties, uh, emergency calls, of course. Um, yeah, that's, um, that's what it is. You basically say to the company, I don't want to be on your list. Take me off. Remove me. Uh, I don't want to, uh, to deal with you, and so on and so forth. So that happens um, quite a lot in telemarketing. Don't call me back. And in certain places, including Canada, if you do not put the person on the do not call list, well, you're going to find yourself in trouble because you can get fined. Uh, the telemarketing firm can get a hefty fine for doing it. Uh, ROI, everybody knows what that is. Return on the investment. Money back from what we're doing. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. Now, essentially, the flow of a call uh, from start to finish is, uh, like I mentioned, um, the idle time, that's the time you're waiting, the um, introduction or preamble to the call, the um, probing, the body of the work, um, the resolution uh, to the situation, and then the after call. And that's basically it in a nutshell. There's different parts of this that are going on. And um, all these terms that I've talked about relate and flow around that. So. In a call, um, just to wrap this up here and get uh, get moving on, in a call, basically, you have uh, the different parts of um, it, and it starts with when you first get in, you have idle time, you want to get out of that, and basically, you want to start becoming available, um, so that's the thing, and then you're taking the call, and when you're in the call, you do your preamble, probing, uh, then you get to the, the issue, uh, you resolve the issue and then you wrap up the call. That's basically how a call works. And um, all of these things, all these terms relate to basically all of that and how it's um, how it's all measured. And it, it's pretty important stuff. So um, I would uh, basically say to you, if you're going to be working in the call center industry and you want to um, be aware of that, that's that's a thing that uh, I would uh, I would do. I'd be aware of it because. You're going to um, you're going to be facing that um, on quite a regular basis, and um, uh, with that, I'm pretty much going to end this. And I will see you in the next episode of Tales from the Cube. Thank you again for taking the time to uh, drop in and listen. We really do appreciate it. We'll see you in the next one. Tales from the Cube can be heard on Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts, as well as through the Anchor platform. I'm Cliff Tour. Thanks for listening. I'll see you in the next Tales from the Cube episode.